Hello, and thank you for listening to This Is Just a Phase. I'm your host, Jonathan Kent. Just a few quick reminders before we get started with this episode. I want to remind everybody that they can head over to the Facebook group at This Is Just a Phase for updates on new episodes as well as past episodes, uh, music videos, updates on touring schedules from bands featured, as well as tons of merch opportunities and whatever else we feel like posting over there. If Facebook, for some reason, isn't your thing, then you could head over to my Instagram account at jonathan.cat.311 for a lot of that same information. Also, do yourself a favor and head over to this is just a record label.bandcamp.com and check out the brand new release, Rust Belt Hardcore, featuring 23 bands from Western Pennsylvania and Eastern Ohio and featuring some past guests uh, featured on the podcast. Also, we have releases from Letters and Gatlin, and me and Mike are extremely excited to announce the addition of Less Than Expected to the This Is Just a Record Label roster. The sludge punk band hails from Eastern Ohio and has a few releases already out on Bandcamp as well as Spotify, so do yourself a favor and check them out and expect an EP in the next several months. Uh, That being said, Jay, take us away. And you've got no self-esteem There's a hole inside your head With no vision to be seen Let's go Let's go Let's go Every day wake up with the same worry On this exciting episode, I sit down and chat with Drew Safari, one half of the Chicago pop-punk group Noodle Brain, which also features Eddie from the Cobains and the Mitochondriacs on drums. We chat about coming up with the band Out of Necessity to save some songs after his previous band's dilution. First getting into pop-punk in general and being influenced by his dad's music collection. We also talk about writing lyrics his releases, the self-titled EP, and his full-length Bored to Death, his relationship with Grim Deeds and Laptop Punk Records, filling in on guitar with Sex Dream, new music coming up soon, and so much more. So sit back and dive into this episode of This Is Just a Phase. Here's a song from Noodle Brain's 2021 self-titled EP called All In Your Head. Nothing but the heart of her Thrones in your head Playing with you Fucked with your head You can't see straight now So what can you do Except wait out of view Because it's all in your head 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 She did Did it not cross your mind While you were up every night But was it something that she said Maybe it's all in your head 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 head. 
Drew. Hello? Hello, Drew. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, awesome, man. Pretty easy getting set in. Oh, yeah. How do I sound on your end? You sound really good, man. Awesome. Well, uh, Drew, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. No problem. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> appreciate you having me on of course man just sorry that it's been about five months later <laughs> that we first started corresponding <laughs> oh, dude. i know people got stuff going on outside of music you know what 90 percent of my stuff is somehow music affiliated <laughs> um whether it's not it's the podcast or the label or the promoting shows and stuff it's been it's been a chaotic couple months um, I got you with everything going on and stuff, but I mean, me and you have been talking for quite a while, and um, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while, and I, I definitely. Yeah, what was that? I was just saying, time flies by. Oh, it really does, and like I did, never wanted you to think like, like I forgot about you or anything. Oh no, like I that. figured you had other stuff going on. It's yeah, totally you understandable. Yeah, and you know, it not only with with Noodle Brain, but um our conversations with, with your band, but um, also with the label that I started and you were a huge uh, supporter of that when, when I first released uh, the uh, first comp last year. So I uh, want to thank you for that, that support early on. I, I really appreciate that. No problem, man. Yeah. It's cool seeing people starting more podcasts. Seems like podcasts are the new thing now. You know what? In for a while. Yeah, and you know what? And I was kind of worried too. Like when when I started the podcast, it's like, is there going to be an oversaturation of the market? There's so many podcasts. How am I going to stand out? You know, right. how am I going to differentiate? And 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 early on, it was, you know, I kind of did more of the A B C D approach, where like I have my questions, I'm going to say to these questions, and you know, and then as the episodes went on, I, I realized some of my favorite episodes that I was doing were the ones that went off cuff that that didn't say to that structure um when I just let the conversations play naturally right. I, I just realized you know what that's what I want my podcast to feel like I wanted to feel like the listener is listening to two guys you know two buddies talk for an hour hour and a half and you know but if we get to the questions that i have great if i don't i don't feel like i'm putting myself in the corner yeah i love podcasts like that yeah usually podcasts where people are just asking like questions you could tell are just like on a list like you could kind of tell it's like all right this seems like the same thing every episode but i love podcasts where they just talk naturally do whatever and record yeah, and you know what? I had a couple episodes early on where, like, when I when I wasn't setting to my structure, it almost felt like the interview started to lose steam. Or it, and I was like, you know what? Had I known what I know now about how I approach the podcast, I could have probably saved those you know those conversations by having the same approach that I have now instead of feeling like the like the, 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 you know, the, the train went off the rails, you know what I mean? And, and, and got frazzled and, and let little things like, you know, sound quality issues or interference or stuff kind of bother me a little bit. Like I should have just kind of let it, let the conversation go, flow the way that it would have flowed naturally, you know, in itself, you know? Right. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. But, At least you learn from it, you know. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? And it's and it's. I do everything with my phone, and you know there were going to be there was. I knew there were going to be hiccups along the way because I'm not, you know, I don't have this thousand dollar setup where I have a mic and I have a you know right. a, a muff you know one of those muffle things. I don't have, you know, a computer set up to where I can kind of you know, not have that interference, but you know what I wanted to, I wanted the podcast to feel authentic. I wanted to feel like, like a phone conversation right. and you know, and I just keep my approach and I just do everything through my phone and just, it is what it is. Yeah. You know? I mean, honestly, I feel like sound quality, if, if it's a good podcast, usually the person, like I've listened to some podcasts where like the sound quality is kind of bad, but I mean, 
it was something I wanted to listen to. So people want to listen to it, they'll listen, even if the sound quality isn't the best. You know, but even some of the better uh, podcasts, not better podcasts, but more well-known podcasts, like like Jughead's podcast, or I listened to one called uh, uh, Turned Out a Punk, um, which is the singer from Fucked Up. Uh, he has his own podcast. And oh, there's, cool. there's episodes where they have sound quality issues. They have, you know, it doesn't, it sounds like they're recorded in a basement or like, you know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> even with all that, even with all that, that, you know, extra equipment, I mean, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna have a bad day no matter who you are. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Um, let's, let's get, let's get to talking. Um, for the listener, I'm sitting down talking to uh, Drew Safari from the band Noodle Brain. Um, well, 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 one half of Noodle Brain, actually, because you do the project <laughs> with uh, Eddie from the Cobains. Yep. And, Two-man um, band. What's that? Two-man band going. The two-man band going. Uh, and, and honestly, that's how you, you came under my radar, is you were posting in, in various groups, and... I was like, oh, Noodle Brain, like the song, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, um, when when did you when did you decide to do the project, and um, what were your thoughts behind it, and what is your relationship with Eddie, and of course Marky, who uh, who records the majority of your stuff? Um, honestly, I didn't have like any intentions on starting like a music project or anything the previous band that i used to be in i wrote some songs because we were gonna start playing shows we wanted to eventually record but uh my old band members mostly wanted to play shows and i more so wanted to record since i started like writing some songs and i was like oh these sound pretty cool i'd like to have a recording of them and pretty much we eventually parted ways never have recorded these songs so i still had them and i was just like well i'd like to have these like recorded it'd be cool to just hear them how they sound so i think i met eddie through i remember he sent me a friend request one day and i'm pretty sure it was because he probably saw that i lived in illinois but i'm pretty sure we kind of connected through or because of the dummy room uh the group on facebook yeah uh nate's nate's uh podcast and group yeah i found a lot of awesome music that way and a lot of cool people so that group i definitely give credit to them <laughs> oh for sure for sure when um i had i've, I've told the sto- story at nauseum but uh my buddy stiv who was in the hollywood blondes and the reynolds and rad nice. he uh i ran into him um at a show that uh my friend sam's band was playing and uh, i live about uh, 25, 30 minutes from Youngstown, Ohio, where, where, where they're, they're based out of. Oh, cool. And, and um, I ran into him and he's like, dude, you know what? I, I was telling him how I hated the whole Facebook thing. And he's like, dude, check out these groups and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, he, <laughs> the dummy room was one of the groups that he, you know, eventually got me into. And, um, you know, and I've always been a fan of the Ramones core style pop punk or just pop punk in general. Um, so it was like, it was really cool that like, you know, the, 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 it seemed like everybody was around my age or within like a 10 year, you know, younger or 10 year older Mark, you know, and it just seemed like a bunch of people who had been in the scene for a long time, who enjoy the music, who enjoy the bands that they like. And for the most part, there's little drama involved with, people talking and sharing music together and like it just it was really cool it was it was that that page and other other groups and podcasts was what i needed at the time because i had been so kind of um i was starting to hate social media oh yeah I definitely feel you there <laughs> yeah and and it and it and it allowed me to kind of spend less attention to my wall and allowed me to spend more time in these groups and meeting wonderful people in the process, yourself included. 
um, by sharing music and, and, and sharing how we got into music and what bands we really enjoy is, I think it's a really powerful thing. And I think that's why, or I think that's, that's the best example of social media working for the positive is connecting people rather than, you know, the constant news flow and the constant, you know, people complaining all the time, you know, it's just you yeah, need to get stuff away you don't want to see. <laughs> yeah. It's the stuff you don't want to see. And during that time, you know, 2018, 2019, it's like we were, it was at its peak of how bad social media was becoming. Like it was at its height. And I was just like, I can't, I can't spend time staring at my wall all day. I, I can't, I can't see myself engaging negatively any yeah. longer. You know, it just wasn't worth it anymore to, to even, even go out and troll, which <laughs> I enjoyed doing. It was, Oh yeah, I, me too. <laughs> I would troll somebody for hours. And then like later on the day, I like look at my wife and I'm like, I spent like two hours trolling this dude and like, I feel like a piece of shit. Dude. <laughs> like... Oh yeah. I've been there. <laughs> so you, so you started, so you started doing noodle brain basically out of um, necessity because you, you wanted to record music um, more so than go play out. Like you wanted to have songs so you could play out. Right. Where so the, the kind of like what, uh, kind of like what caused like a uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for something that we couldn't decide on i i mostly wanted to record these songs while my other band members wanted to look for cause we were only a three we were a three-piece band but we wanted to have a extra guitar player just because we all thought two guitars sound really good live as a yeah, fuller sign a fuller sound so, so yeah sweet. definitely and that's kind of where we like disagreed and pretty much eventually we kind of just like decided decided like uh maybe we should just part ways pretty much now was the was the band itself a a pop punk band also or were were you approaching it differently with with noodle brain um so the band that i used to be in we're pretty much just a cover band and actually that's how I i got introduced to a lot of like pop punk like before I even knew like who like Screech and Weasel and the Queers were, that was pretty much how I found out about the Queers. Because uh, the old band that I was jamming with uh, includes my brother and my uncle. And they pretty much gave me this list of songs. They were like, here, these are the songs that we've been jamming. Just pretty much a get together, like Friday night, just like get drunk, play music, and just like a fun night out. And they gave me like a list of songs. I A lot of bands I'd never heard of except for like stuff like the Misfits or the Ramones. But I got introduced to bands like Teenage Bottle Rocket, uh, the Riverdales. That's how I found out about the Queers. And pretty much like going through those songs, I was like, I was like, damn, these songs are pretty awesome. I'm going to check out more stuff by those bands. Now, and now pretty are, much went from there. Now, are you, are you younger than, obviously younger than those guys, like considerably or... So my brother's a couple years older than me. My uncle is in his early 40s, and I'm 25. Okay, so you're young. So, okay, okay, so you are more younger on the side. So when you were coming up in music, it probably was, you were probably more into the the early 2000s stuff, probably like Good Charlotte, Simple Plan, that era of pop punk more than that 90s lookout style. Honestly, like there's, I would say like probably like, like Green Day and some of Blink One Eighty Two. Like there wasn't a whole lot of punk bands I really listened to. Like when I was really younger, pretty much when I like first started playing guitar, a lot of the stuff that I was like really into back then was like stuff my dad listened to, like Iron Maiden, Metallica, Kiss, bands like that. And I still love those bands. They're pretty much what got me into playing music. So you're coming into it from the metal end of playing music as opposed to the punk side of things. Yep. So even though, like you said, you, you were into bands like Green Day and Blink-182 Blink and stuff like that, your introduction into playing music was was your was your dad's music, so to speak. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. A lot of like that 80s like metal and rock music. 
that was my 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 introduction into music was from my dad too and you know it's crazy when i when i tell people my favorite band they kind of look at me and go but sean you listen to punk rock and i was like well i also (laughs) listen to other stuff they're like well who's your favorite band it has to be like the ramones or something i was like no it's pink floyd and then they look at me (laughs) and they go that's the complete opposite of punk rock and i'm like yeah but like my dad got me into that stuff like that's my connection to my dad you know bands like that and black sabbath and genesis and you know all those bands that i still still find myself listening to now it yeah, just that, that was my introduction into music as well as like early mtv you know the synth pop and the you know you know early like indie stuff like rem and and, and bands like that nice yeah all that I'll, I'll still like go back like every now and then. i don't listen to it as much anymore i Mostly what I listen to now is like mostly uh, punk music, but I mean, I kind of write it, so it's like I-, I love listening to it like just as much. Uh, I love these lazy Saturdays. into all facets of punk rock or do you find yourself sticking more with uh the popular side of things um kind of both like actually last month i just seen uh the circle jerks and uh who else was who else opened was what, seven Megan... sec- uh, i actually missed both of the openers i think i got there like the last like 15 minutes of uh seven seconds i think it was seven seconds a negative approach yeah that's who it was yeah i missed that show and I found out shortly after that, that that was that that very well is going to be the last tour by them, and I went. Are you fucking kidding? Oh me? dang! And I was just like, shit. You know what? <laughs> but because I have these bands on my bucket list, I I promised myself I would see these bands after the pandemic, after everything was lifted. I had these specific bands I wanted to go see, and the Circle Jerks were one of the bands on the list. Another band, and I'm actually going to see this band, so I'll actually get to write them off, is the Queers. Nice. Um, I've never seen the Queers play, and they're actually coming through uh, Pittsburgh at the end of June, so I'm actually going to be able to see them. And it's uh, uh, the Queers, the Dwarves, and I get to, so I get to cross the Dwarves off too, and uh, the, the Jasons. Jasons. But I've seen the Jasons before because they're relatively close to me so i've seen them many a times <laughs> i actually haven't seen them and i'm also going to that same show well the one in chicago i think it's like july 2nd or something yeah it would be right after i think mine's like the june 26th or something like that nice yeah yeah i'll be going to that show for sure yeah i'm pretty pumped for that one so yeah i've been a friend a fan of the jasons for a long time and um I've seen them play quite a bit around around my area, so I'm. But I'm always down to see them. I I think they're probably one of the best uh, pop punk bands of the last ten years. So I really got on my way to really support those guys. Oh yeah, they're awesome. I would say they're pretty pretty active too when it comes to like a lot of 
more recent like pop punk bands. Yeah, they have no problem playing. Yeah, they have no problem playing anytime, anywhere, and that's where I think a lot of that's why I think what lends to their success so much is that they're they're not afraid to go tour. You know, there's a lot of bands that are out there that'll put records out, and they might do like little mini tours and like call it a day, but the, right. the Jasons the Jasons are pretty relentless. Yeah, but um, yeah, they seem pretty cool. Yeah, so. So um, with your band, I mean, you, you've been only in the last two years have been pretty active. Um, you, your self-titled release came out in early uh, 2021 and then Bored to Death came out, what, like eight months later. Um, did you find yourself with the, with the first EP that it was super easy to write those songs so they you could go through writing pretty quickly writing record release was that your your whole thing with the noodle brain name um so the four songs on that ep i've had i had those written for almost like two years so like writing the album in pretty much like the time that i released that ep and when the album got released, I felt like I was like writing or like working on music pretty frequently. But I would say, I would say I still like struggle like when it comes to lyrics. I would say that takes me like a while because I'm I'm always like critiquing myself, and I'll write something and I'll be like, oh, that's cringe. Yeah. Throw that out. <laughs> <laughs> but even with that album, there's a few songs that I also had written pretty much during the time when I wrote. Uh, wrote the songs for the debut EP that we put out. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's like two or no, I think there's three songs on the album that I pretty much already had written before recording that. Yeah, you have all you have all in your head, Parasite, She's a Psychopath, and then the instrumental Winter Break. Yeah, yeah, and I had you... those written for almost like two years. And then and... I'm bored to death, I think, uh, let me see. Um, Grab me another beer. Things have gone to shit and mm-hmm. explode. Those are all songs that I already had written pretty much before I even decided that I was going to be doing an album. Nice. And how did you come? How did you come in contact with with Grim Deeds and decided to release um, the EP digitally through his uh, laptop punk records? So I found his music, uh, I think it came up just like, I think like one of his songs came up as like a suggested video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it was the, I can't remember what cover it was, but I just remember thinking like, oh, this cover art looks crazy. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to click on it and I listened to one of his songs. I was like, oh, this is awesome. It sounds a lot like Screeching Weasel, but it's not Screeching Weasel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is awesome. I pretty much like listened to like a lot of his other stuff, like went on his band camp, just started listening to a bunch of his releases. And there's so fucking many of them, man. Oh, there's, <laughs> there's so many. There's he so just many. Released one today too. <laughs> I know I saw that. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. And I'm just like, this dude must like live in a studio. You're like, he <laughs> must just like have a cot that he has in the corner and he wakes up and goes you know what i feel like recording an album today and then he (laughs) fucking records it and it's fucking amazing yeah he's he's a really good songwriter yeah really Really good good. songwriter really good musically and it's just like so prolific and i'm just like i just i thought i could write a lot and until i started listening to dustin and i'm just like yeah he's on a whole (laughs) other fucking level than i am definitely <laughs> so, yeah, so I followed him on uh, Instagram, and I saw this is back when he was pretty frequently doing these live uh, Instagram lives, and he would just be mm-hmm. playing like some songs on his acoustic. Mm-hmm. And this is like after I found out like about a lot of his music, so I was like, "Oh hell yeah, I'm gonna watch this." And every time I would like get a notification, be like, "Grim Deeds is live," I'm like, "Oh, I'm watching that," and would just like watch him play some songs. Eventually, he, like, noticed that I was, like, frequently watching his live streams, and then we kind of just, like, got to talking about music. I told him that I was in a band, but I had, like, some songs I was going to record 
hopefully. And this is before I even got in contact with Eddie. I was just like telling him like, yeah, I have these songs. Hopefully one day I'll record them. And he pretty much told me, he's like, yeah, man, like you, bands come and go, but you can always like still keep writing like for yourself. And that kind of like stu stuck with me because I mean, even like right now, like pretty much it's just me and Eddie, like, but I'm like still writing stuff like constantly just because I enjoy it. And and Grim is a, a huge uh, proponent of doing it yourself, obviously, because he does the majority of the stuff himself. Oh yeah. Um, and then you start noticing his support for not only your band but also Lesser Creatures and Neon Bone. You know, other bands that are pretty much either one or two members of 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 a band um, who just want to put stuff out, not necessarily tour you know, play shows every now and again, but it, the whole point of it is to put music out, you know, for, for people to enjoy. And it's it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be, you know, this huge drawn-out process. I mean, you can pretty much do it yourself. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, even, like, his, uh, his label, Laptop Punk Records, I was kind of following that, too, like, pretty much when he started it, and all of like his releases i was like oh these are awesome like mm -hmm. and even like that kind of like influenced me i was like oh i can like record stuff and like maybe maybe he'll release my songs that'd be awesome <laughs> well then that came true <laughs> yep yeah, but that's um, awesome yeah that's awesome and and you even had the 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 added bonus of having it recorded by marky from the cobains at his bunker studios um that basically came about because because of your of your relationship with with Eddie. Yeah, so I, I pretty much like hit up Eddie. I was like, hey man, I have these songs like I want to record because I wasn't I don't know like I don't know like anything when it comes to like recording, but I kind of figured I was like, if I'm gonna go to a studio, it'd probably be better to go to a studio with somebody who like is like well known with like this kind of like punk music or like who has that like a good ear for it. And mm -hmm. Marky and Eddie are like perfect, like for that. And, and he pretty much told me to like get in contact with Mark. He said he'd be down to play drums. And pretty much from there, I just hit up Mark and got together eventually and recorded those songs. Nice. And, and what was the process like recording with Marky? Because like I know he's, you know, he's recorded a lot of stuff and it's, he has, a, I had him on, um, last year and to, to hear him talk about the recording process like he loves it he loves it as much as playing in a band um he really takes it seriously he really um has a way that he approaches recording um how did that come across uh while you were recording with him honestly like watching him do like everything like i was just like i was like yeah i could never learn all this or it it a lot of the stuff he was doing, I was just like, this looks so confusing. This is like rocket science to me. <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah, pretty much we would uh, I think <coughs> we'd use like a, a scratch guitar track and pretty much just like play the songs. And like me and Eddie would just try and get like a good drum track. Mm -hmm. And from there, I would pretty much just like play along. Like I would do, I think we'd do like guitars next and then bass. Then we'd, we would do vocals. I think I waited to do vocals until the next session because we did that EP in two uh, different sessions. Okay. But yeah, it was it was fun recording. I definitely I enjoyed that, and even with the album too, like it was fun. Especially like after when we were pretty much done, we were just going back and like adding small stuff or being like, "Oh, like these backups sound like fitting here. Like we should do that." And yeah, I definitely enjoyed recording. Awesome. Especially with those two, they they have a good ear for everything. Usually, I'm picky. I'm just like, nah, I don't think that sounds good. But yeah, and it must everything have been. that they were doing, I was like, yeah, that's pretty much what I was thinking. <laughs> it, yeah, and, and and you know what, you must have had a really good experience because you would work with both of them with "Bored to Death," which is the full length um, that came at the what October of last year. It came out. So you, you know, you had, and you still had Eddie on drums and you still, you know, you went back to market to record 
So obviously that those two sessions doing the EP made you feel comfortable enough to go work with those guys again. Oh yeah, definitely. They made a, they made a good point too. Like when uh, we got done recording the EP, they were like, "Yeah, if you want to record some more, like this is a good time." It's pretty much like shows weren't really happening. Mm-hmm. So a lot of bands were just recording, and I was like, "Yeah, that's kind of a good point." I only had like a few more, pretty much those three songs that I already had written that are on uh, Bored to Death. I was like, eh, I'm down to record some more, but I kind of want to wait until I have some more material. Mm-hmm. And pretty much from there, I just started working on more music. And eventually we were like, all right, let's do this as an album. And mm-hmm. pretty much went from there. And you know, when you have two types of people that were going through the pandemic, you had people who were, you know, doing nothing, binge watching shows, just hunkering <laughs> down, just kind of getting through. And then you had people who were, you know, using their creativity to the to the umpteenth degree by trying to put things out, even though that you knew you couldn't tour on it, the 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 chance to be actually be able to go out and record and use that time to be creative and use that time to 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 make music i think it allowed some really incredible music to come out during that time because i think bands weren't feeling the pressure of of that that typical release touring cycle release touring cycle really you know they they were able to break it up to where they could concentrate i think a little bit more on the songs and maybe maybe go allow themselves to go in a little bit different directions musically as well yeah definitely i mean even though we're not playing shows uh i i definitely like can understand like how people like deal with like that type of pressure like oh we got to put out an album like every year or maybe like almost every two years and on top of touring too like i can definitely see that being stressful Mm -hmm. and now it's like even now the like bands that are touring it's there's not tons of bands that are doing like these full on tours, like bands like Jerk or the Jasons or the Queers. Like there's there's the smaller bands that are playing a show here, or playing a show there, kind of still allowing themselves to test the water, or you know are showcasing new new uh, new projects or new bands, and they're just kind of letting this this time kind of like put their 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 toes in the water so to speak oh yeah definitely yeah and it's a good thing it's it's finally people are allowed to go to shows and do all these things and you know feel that pressure kind of uh go away like the, it's just people are finally returning back to live music and you it's like this big sigh of relief you're like yes we can enjoy this kind of stuff again the sun will shine, I need you once again And I'm hoping that you'll stay true, my friend It seems you're lost and left you all alone With nothing to give you any hope I get someone in love every day I've been alone, I've been just so great Cause I hope things will get better, this is true It's the sun we
Sex Dream at Reggie's. I don't remember who else played, but nice. I just remember being there thinking like, damn, it's been like over a year since I've been to a show. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was, for me, it was uh, it was 17 months. Uh, the last show I had seen was um, my buddy Ian's band. They're called Voice of Addiction. Uh, yeah, they're out of Chicago as well. Um but the singer's originally from Cleveland and he had brought the band to Cleveland. I'd seen his band to play. I'd seen his band play. And that was in the late fall of 19. And then I hadn't seen another show until August of last year, which was my friend letter, my friend's band letters. He's my, uh, the co-owner of the label, his band. And uh, that's how I got into um, another band on my label called Gatlin, as well as a couple other bands that I've had on uh, a compilation that I put out. And it was like, that was the first, it was a, a garage show. It was oh, in nice. some dude's garage and like six bands played. And I was just like, oh my God, this, this feels like I'm 16 again. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hear I am 40 years old, but it felt, it felt like I was 16 again. It felt like, cramming into somebody's basement and you know even though we're outside like it started raining and everybody like pushed up against and dug into the garage and it just <laughs> had that quality of like oh my god it feels like that it's like punk felt like urgent again you know it, it felt like what it did when i was when i was a teenager like and it was really cool and like i know a lot of people are like me who are like i'm never taking live music for granted again oh yeah definitely i remember thinking like pretty much like when they canceled shows i was like eh, little it won't last that long yeah me too <laughs> i remember i bought tickets actually to see the queers pretty much when the pandemic like kind of started happening i remember even thinking like when i was buying the tickets I was like this show's definitely gonna get canceled but fuck it i'm just gonna buy them anyways see what happens mm-hmm. then of course like a month later it gets canceled and you're just like, oh, man. Yeah. I was pretty lucky. I'd seen that 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 garage show. And then, at like, a month later, me and my wife and a, a bunch of family, we went to go see uh, Flog and Molly and the Violent Femmes and me first did the Gimme Gimme's play. And oh, I just remember awesome. thinking, I'm like, oh, this is fucking amazing. And <laughs> then I started noticing more bands were playing. So I started going to show here, going to show. Like, every week there was this show that I had to go see. And, you know, I'm in a, I'm in an interesting part of the country where, you know, I have Pittsburgh in our South of me. I have Youngstown that's 25 miles West of me. And I have Cleveland that's like an hour and a half North of me. Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in this like trifecta zone, like this triangle (laughs) of music that like, it's not hard to get in your car and go. Definitely. So I I, I started going out and catching all the shows and, and no, there were pop punk bands. There's hardcore shows. There's, you know, more like kind of more, uh, more indie rock bands. Like I was just going to see all these shows, singer songwriters, like, going out and seeing all kinds of different music and i'm just like this is incredible this is this is what it's supposed to be like and i'm really happy that that more bands are going out there and 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 doing it yeah same here i definitely missed going to shows during the pandemic it seemed like it was never gonna happen again (laughs) (laughs) well you said earlier like you're you're not playing out live like is there is there a, a a thought to go out and play live, like to, to, to play with Eddie and maybe maybe get tap somebody to play bass? I've thought about it. I've had actually a good amount of people like actually offer to play bass if I ever decide to play shows. But uh, the only thing that sucks is I work nights and 
I work weekends, so it's like usually if I want to like go to a show, like any concerts I go to, I usually have to use like vacation time just to uh, go to a show, which cool. kind of sucks just because it's like I'm there for a couple hours, and then it's like, all right, I'm done. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was going to say, I know the only thing that Eddie's really um, concentrated on is playing with the mitochondriacs as, as well as the other the other two with Jughead. I just didn't know if that was something that that you could kind of uh, kind of be able to do as well, like play a show here and there, like around Chicago or the Chicago suburbs. You know, I know it's not feasible to be more of a touring band. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think at some point we'll start playing shows. Even like right now, uh, I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, I'm starting to fill in on for shows for uh, Maria's band Sex Dream. Okay. And even that, like the last show that we played, like I pretty much played the show, went straight went straight to work right after oh, the night before. Wow. I had to work uh, eleven hours, which really isn't that bad. But I mean, playing a show the next morning and like I pretty much got like a couple hours of sleep and then went to play a show, went to work right after. I was so exhausted. <laughs> so you're, so you're, a, so you're a, are you in Sex Dream or are you just kind of like a fill-in member right now? Uh, I think I'm just pretty much like a fill-in member. I don't know for how long. Okay. We have been talking about playing, uh, I think we're playing a show June 5th. Oh, nice. We're also playing one, I think, I don't know if we're still playing it anymore, actually, on June 25th is a... Uh, that a uh, band that Cody's in, Sack. Oh yeah, play. Sack. I saw. I noticed they were coming through on tour. Yeah. Yeah, and I messaged them. I was like, "Hey guys, are we still playing that show for sure on the 25th? Because <laughs> 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 I definitely want to see them. Never seen them. Me either. Like, yeah, them. I saw Sack is coming around, and I kind of want to see them. So I don't know if we're playing that show for sure. Yeah, I, I, uh, my buddy uh, Tom. He just uh, everybody calls him Teabagger. Um, he <laughs> sent me a message and it was like, Hey, Sack's coming into Cleveland. I was like, fuck. Well, I gotta go see that show too now. Like definitely. Like, looks like I'm looks like I'm driving up to Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm off that night, thankfully, so I don't have to worry about going to work right after, but I don't even think I would make it because I think the nearest show, I think they're playing in McHenry, and I think that's like almost like two hours from me. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah. They're they're playing. I think they're playing both Cleveland and and Pittsburgh. I think, and I think they might even be doing like a Columbus date as well. Yeah, so, so it's like a mini tour, pretty much all like surrounding states. Yeah, I think it's pretty much like their Midwest run. I'd imagine probably probably hit like not only you guys but like St. Louis and and yeah, maybe like Green Bay or something like that. Well, well you know, pretty much a that. lot of the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is nice that uh that uh more bands are coming through here now. You know, because a lot of times they'll they'll a lot of bands will like skip Cleveland and Pittsburgh, depending yeah. on how they'll go. They'll like you'll find them either go more like up north, like towards Boston and completely bypass us, or they'll <laughs> hit like St. Louis and then go south. And you're like like what the hell just happened? They're playing Tennessee, and then they're like in Alabama. You're like, what the fuck, dude? They, they totally bypassed that. Like, yeah, I feel bad for people sometimes. I'll like see a band is like, like, oh, we're going on tour, and they post like all these tour dates, and then you read the comments, and people are like, oh, why aren't you coming to my area? Mm-hmm. I, like, yeah, I feel like, like I never have that problem like being close to Chicago. I feel like a lot of bands are like always playing Chicago. Oh yeah, for sure. And it was weird. Like we were talking earlier about the queers playing. The last two times the queers came through, they they were playing like this small town in like central Pennsylvania. Like it's called like Artemis, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and I'm like, I've never fucking heard of this town. Like I've lived in Pennsylvania all my life. I've my dad was a truck driver. I've been all through the state. I've never heard of this fucking town. And the queers have played there like three times. Oh wow! And they were like they didn't come to Pittsburgh or Cleveland. I'm like they're like they did like Columbus and like Artemis, Pennsylvania. And I was like, what parallel universe am I in right now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I feel like I never have that problem because they were literally just here six months ago. Like 
Uh, I saw them. Uh, they played two shows actually uh, in the beginning of December, mm-hmm. and I went to both of those. I feel like I just pretty much seen them. I'm going to see them again in July. So <laughs> nice. And you know what's cool too is like I'm I'm, I'm lucky in the fact that like if if it came down to brass tacks. Like, and I really wanted to go see a band, and they were only going to, say, New York or Chicago. It's lucky that I, I'm lucky that I'm, like, halfway between New York and Chicago. Nice. So, like, if I really, really, really wanted to go to a show, I'm driving six and a half hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, well, that's not that bad. But I feel like a wimp when I say I, I barely want to drive to SAC, even though it's only a two-hour drive, well, a four-hour round trip, but I mean... I, oh, I'm so yeah. close to Chicago that like like Reggie's like I'm only like thir- I'm like a half hour from Reggie's so driving yeah. that far for a show I'm just like wow that's far. <laughs> I know I was supposed to go to uh, 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 there's a band from Vegas they're called well you probably know Jerk they're on Hey Pizza. Oh yeah we uh, we just played a show on the first Sex Dream and they were uh, the headlining oh. band. There. Oh yeah that's right you guys did play with them I I, I think I saw Maria post that that's right. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Um, yeah, and uh, I they just played with uh, my friend Alex's band. They're called the Plaid Disasters out of Cleveland, and they had just played with them. And I was I was gonna go see the show, but my daughter had prom the next night, and I was oh, just trying to like help her with with the last minute kind of stuff there. And I was like, like I wanted to go see it. It's like so bad, but like I yeah. couldn't get up there because it's like I said, it's an hour about an hour and forty minutes for me. So you're looking at over three hours of driving. And I was just like, you know what? I'll catch them next time. And what was cool is, um, you know, I'm actually going to help that band uh, promote a show in July in Youngstown. Nice. So I'm actually going to still be able to see them, just not at that show, at a different show. But it would be really cool to still be able to catch them. Yeah, I'm sure they'll – yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure they'll be back around. They seem pretty active. They were pretty much on tour, like, when they came, played the show with us. That's awesome. Yeah, they seem like a bunch of cool guys, too, and and I'm definitely interested in seeing them, and, you know, and I'm I'm happy that more bands are coming through Youngstown, and um, I'm sure you follow John from Mom's Basement. Yeah. Um, He's doing the next uh, Mom's Basement Fest in Youngstown at one of the venues that that I work with called Westside Bowl. I did see that. Yeah, so it's see what the lineup will be. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Like I I was at a show across town. He had posted something about being at Westside Bull, and I go, dude, I'm literally like ten minutes from you. You and Bo, come over here, man. I got a show going on, and they were like, oh, we gotta make it back to Pittsburgh. But um, <laughs> it was really cool that they, yeah, I, I'm I'm really psyched that other people are seeing what I'm seeing in Youngstown, and um, my goal is to get you know have a stop for people that are between P- Cleveland and Pittsburgh or Columbus and Pittsburgh to, to make it a viable stop for, for bands to stay and, and check out. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And let me know whenever you, whenever you start touring, if that's going to happen, I'll, I'll get you a spot somewhere, man. Oh, that, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Really losing her mind So now 
with her And although it seems like she may have class She's a psychopath She's a psychopath Anything else you want to talk about before I let you go? Like, do you have any more music coming out? I mean, you did the uh, you did the Misfits compilation. Um, we, we did we, uh, we are one thirty eight. Yep. And then you also appeared on a couple other compilations. Is there any more news <clears throat> to report on your end? Um. So I've been pretty much writing a lot of stuff. I've noticed I have this problem of like starting like working on a song and then like next time I like work on music I'm just like I have like a new idea or something and like I'll just like start on like a lot of songs and just like never finish them but mm-hmm. I pretty much got like a good amount of songs like ready to record I know like one song for sure that we're me and Eddie already talked about recording is a a song for that nobody's compilation that uh Nick No is doing oh yeah yeah for uh for uh Wellsville Records yeah yeah it's funny I was like listening to them like overnight like at work and then next morning i see he made a post like oh we're doing this comp i was like this is perfect yeah <laughs> isn't it funny how that shit works out man yeah that's i was i was like this is perfect timing and i'm like really excited to do that even like the other comps that i like did like the misfits one like mm-hmm. i enjoyed doing that mostly just because it's like i don't even have to like write anything it's like let's just play this song our way and then that's it <laughs> and then you find like you find yourself that like being a part of these comps with these bigger bands that you really like, and you're just like, I can't believe I'm on a comp with so and so. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like when when I find I, when a lot of different bands that way too, which is pretty cool. And I pretty much like keep up with like a lot of those bands or like ones that I really like or I'm really into, and I'll just you know find it's a good way to find a lot of new music. Yeah, and it's super cool. Like when I when I did the first comp. Like, I found that the process was super easy. Like, basically, you're just reaching out to bands that, like, you've had correspondence with. And you're like, hey, like, do you want to... And every, like, 90, 98% of the bands I reached out to were like, yeah, we got a track. You oh, know, yeah. like, there was no, like, there was no ego. There was no, like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, what's our cut? Like, you know, there was none <laughs> of that, dude. It was like... People were like, yeah, I'll give you a track, dude. I was like, okay, I, I'll, I'll give you a CD when it comes in. I'll give you some downloadable codes. They're like, that's cool. You know, and they were just willing to give their songs. And it was super cool. And like, I love how, I love how the last couple of years have made everybody in the scene a lot more, a lot closer and a lot more uh, uh, thankful of one another and supportive of one another. It's, that's the best thing I can take away from the last, the last two and a half years is I think it made this scene closer. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, I love and hate social media, but like, like I said, like I found a lot of like cool people through social media and like a lot of awesome new music. I remember mm-hmm. even like listening to your comp and I was like, I feel like I know all these bands already and just mm-hmm. found them all just because like, just pretty much like staying active on like social media and just like, trying to find music on my own yeah and i find myself i find myself and i i appreciate you enjoying the comp i want to make sure i I say that to you um but the the big thing is i've I've learned about social media is i i spend very little time on my wall um i find myself going into the the group page for for the podcast i find myself going into other groups 
And then I find myself just being in messenger, talking to people. Like I very rarely, you know, talk on my wall or really comment on people's posts. Like I will for like birthdays and anniversaries and stuff like that. But yeah, as far as commenting on newsworthy topics or anything, like I don't really find myself doing any of that. Like I find myself using using Facebook and Instagram in the way that I want to use it, which is by spreading music and building relationships and, you know, networking, you know, the same way that I did with, you know, MySpace 15 years ago. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so like, it's like, it's, it's like, it's almost kind of like I'm taking back my, my idea of social media and making it, uh, palatable for me as opposed to how other people use it yeah that's i definitely understand you i pretty much used to sh- i used to share like a bunch of like stupid memes or like post like stupid stuff or like random mm-hmm. stuff and like now i'm just like eh, who really even cares to see that like yeah I, if i'm thinking that i'm just like eh, i definitely don't want to post it so mostly now i just post like music related stuff or i'll s- sometimes share songs but it's mostly just I mostly just use like Instagram and Facebook just to share my music stuff, and I just mm-hmm. pretty much copy paste stuff like from Instagram to Facebook or from Facebook to Instagram. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I pretty much every now and again I'll share a funny meme, but like I have like you know Facebook Messenger groups where it's like a bunch of my friends and we all like that kind of thing. Yeah, so like I said, I don't even have to use Facebook to do that. I have my Messenger to do that. You know. Right. You know, and, and, you know, plus I have three kids. So some of the stuff I put, I want to post, I can't. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I don't want my, I don't want my kids seeing, you know, especially my two teenagers looking at what dad's posting. So, yeah, yeah. I definitely have had that problem in the past, just posting stuff. And I'll be like, oh, this is probably going to offend somebody. And then I'll just see like somebody I've never talked to ever comments on my picture. I'm like, yep, here it is. Here it comes. Open up the fucking floodgates now, Drew. Yep. That's where my that's where my troll instincts just kick in. I just feed him what he doesn't want to hear. <laughs> exactly. But I, I want to say before I let you go, th- thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, oh, yeah, no problem. About, talking about Noodle Brain, talking about music in general. Um, you know, like I said, like, thank you for being so patient until I could I, I get you on the program. I, like, I didn't I want you to think I forgot about you. Oh yeah, no problem. Like I said, I I know people are always busy. Stuff comes up. It happens. Yeah, Yeah, it does. It's been next thing you know, it's somebody's birthday. It's somebody. It's some holiday. It's this. It's (laughs) that. It's like uh, never ending stuff. But um, like I said, time definitely flies by. I was even thinking earlier. I was like, dang, it's been kind of a while. Like since I released that album. That's why I'm (laughs) kind of like more buckling down. I'm like working on music and. We for sure are doing that nobody's comp, but I've been still like writing like noodle brain stuff and either we're going to do maybe like a kind of long EP or maybe I'll just like release an album this year. Okay, that'll be cool. And and you have your band camp for anybody who's listening. Uh, go to do, go check out noodle brain on um, on band camp and um also the stuff that you did on laptop punk and out loud as well they can go check out those sites on bandcamp as well hell yeah okay well drew enjoy the rest of your day get some sleep i know you pulled a week uh pulled a midnight last night so (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) but thank you very much again for coming on the podcast man and you enjoy the rest of your day no problem you too hey thanks again again sometime oh absolutely man you know it Hell yeah. Well, take care, man. (laughs) Hey, you take it easy too, man. Later. Can't stay.